Welcome to the Frequency 49 Show. I'm Paul MacDonald alongside Deepak Gohill. Good evening, Deepak. Good evening, Paul. Kev is away this evening watching One Direction, I think, but that doesn't mean that it's just myself and Deepak, as we are joined by a voice you've heard before from across the pond, and we'll hear a whole lot more as she's joining the team as a regular on our midweek shows. Kat Victorino, welcome to the show, Kat. Good afternoon, gentlemen. It's great to have you on the show, and now a permanent part of the team as well. You're going to be on our um, on all of our preview shows from here on for the rest of the season. Oh boy, I hope I know what I'm talking about then. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you can't be any worse than the three of us the way we're going at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome aboard, Kat. Thank you. So this week we have the Miami game. It's our 11th game of the season, week 12. Um, we are heading over to Miami, 6 o'clock UK kickoff for the game against Miami. We're going to break this game down. We've also got um, a look at the pick six. Kev's pre-recorded a bit for us, um, taking a look at how the pick six has gone this week. And we do have the details of this week's games for the pick six. So we're going to have all of that in this show. But right now, Miami, uh, the season, uh, the series is tied at the moment with six wins each. The last meeting with a 27-13 win for the 49ers, but that was back in Candlestick Park, week 13 of the 2012 season. Since then, we haven't played them. They haven't played us. They are 6-4 uh, and four in their division, the 49ers, as we know, 1-9. and nine. We've got to break this game down and... See if there's any way the 49ers can actually squeak a win in this game. Deepak, thoughts? Mm, you know what? I think it could be another one of those games that we're competitive in for prolonged periods of time. And maybe after last week, we might just have enough in us to, to squeak this through. Miami are under a bit of a, a, a skinny patch at the moment. So um, you've got me being all optimistic now. So I, I think... You know, if we do the little things right, if we take the momentum forward from New England, and there were some positives because, you know, we, we did sort of stay very fairly close in that game. If our defence can can play like it can play, and hopefully Carlos Hyde and his running game is back up to speed, then um, maybe we have a chance, you know. Miami aren't playing wonderfully at the moment, but they have won four straight games. All of them while trailing in the fourth quarter. Um, in the game against the Rams last week, the Dolphins punted on eight of their first nine drives. This sounds like the 49ers actually, doesn't it? <laughs> Short pass, run, drop the ball, punt. Um, so, yeah, they, they punted on eight of their first nine drives against the Rams. And the ninth drive ended with an interception. It was Tanner Hill's first interception since week five. Cat. What do you? What's the feeling in the Bay Area right now regarding this game specifically? Well, they're just starting to talk about the preview of this game, um, mm. and so I—I'll I, be honest—I've been at work, so I have not heard a whole lot of what what the pundits are saying. Um, personally, I think it's they're a mediocre team who've been lucky enough to win, whereas mm. we are a lousy team who've had a chance to win and haven't. We've. We've, we've gone through a whole lot of games this season being competitive for a portion of the game. We've never, I don't think we've ever been competitive for an entire game, have we, this season? Except for the Rams game, which everyone, everyone considers a fluke now. Can we 
be competitive for part of the game because we're not going to be competitive for all of the game against Miami going by previous history. Can we be competitive for part of the game and still keep it close? We kept it close with uh, the New England Patriots. We were we were only three points back for a, a decent portion of that game before it all fell apart in the fourth quarter. And Miami have, in the last four games, a history of coming back from being behind in the fourth quarter. It, uh, are we just looking at more of the same here or... Based on what we've seen, what we what we saw against New England, can we actually get a win here, or are we just turning up and making up the numbers? Depends on which team shows up, Paul. Because the way I see it, you know, we played New England, who are very likely to feature in an advanced stage in the playoffs. Okay, uh, but at the same time, we've played truly horrible teams like Buffalo, you know, and. Mm. Uh, and inexplicably self-destructed against them. It depends on which Niner team shows up, but, you know, let's just keep a reality check on this. Miami are not a very good team, okay? They're not. And Mm. under any sort of normal sphere of sanity, you would think that we should be competitive throughout this game and possibly even win it. And what I'm seeing is we're going to end up, I think, what we have to do actually is rush we need to we need to run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. We have, we're the two worst rush defense in both teams. I think Miami's thirty first or thirtieth, something like that, um, and we're thirty second. So it's really going to come down to the running game. And can the Niners' rush defense step up and stop the Dolphins? Mm. Specifically, uh, Jay Ajaya. Um... Thank you. <laughs> I wasn't sure how to say his name. <laughs> you were just waiting for somebody else to fall into that hole, weren't you? Uh-huh. <laughs> He's got the potential to be, unfortunately, yet another 100-yard rusher on us, hasn't he, Deepak? He has, but at the same time, anybody's got a chance to be a 100-yard rusher against our defence because our defence is spending, New England accepted, far too long on the on the, on the the field, you know, the they are tired and mm. you know also now that Eric Reed is out for the rest of the season we've lost another talisman type player so just how much pressure can you put on this defense and expect them to produce constantly you know and I sometimes feel, t- feel bad because you have to make excuses for the team but at the same time there are very real issues on the team uh, especially with injuries we've lost Armstead but now now Eric Reed is is cooked and you would say he was a major component of our defense, you know, in terms of leadership and ability. So you've got to factor that in too. Uh, And I think this is where the offense really has to give the defense a bit of a hand and say, guys, we need to carry our weight and we need to, we need to be accountable and we need to, to stay on the field. We need to churn out really long clock sapping type drives that I love, but we're just unable to do or, or just cannot do. And as soon as you know it, it's three and out, the defense is back on again for ages. So those guys need a rest. And I think the key is, just like Kat said, if we can rush the ball and move the chains and keep the offense on the field, rest the defense, maybe you know when they need to step up, they can step up because they did against New England. They did, and we shared time of possession. Um, we actually won the time of possession battle against the New England Patriots, which meant that the defense was getting the 
getting getting time off the field that it desperately needed. Um, as you say, we've now lost Eric Reed for the season. Do we know if Jimmy Ward is going to be back for this game at all? I haven't heard anything yet. No, neither have I. Yeah, he he did enter concussion protocol, didn't he? So um, we're going to keep our ears to the ground on that one to see if um, to see if he's likely to be playing. Probably wise that he doesn't, given you know, given what it's like bringing players back again too early. We saw it with Carlos Hyde where he played in the Arizona game maybe a game too early and was completely anonymous, whereas last week versus the New England Patriots, he had a pretty good game. We could see the athleticism in him there. Um, So we can only wait and see on that one. Um, Looking at the game itself, the Dolphins are currently 14th in yards allowed. They're averaging 351 per game. The 49ers are getting nowhere near that, really, are they? So... Is it a case that Miami have got a particularly poor defense and we we may be able to take advantage of that with Carlos Hyde back up to full speed? Jeremy Curley didn't have a game that we were expecting from him last week, but Vance McDonald also had a decent game as well. So have the 49ers got the personnel to be able to put up decent numbers in yardage against these Dolphins? I think... It's going to come down to play calling, to be honest. I think they need to, the, the coaches really need to look at the game plan and exploit what weaknesses they can find in Miami. Mm. Um, I mean, it, take advantage of the fact that they don't have the best defense. I think that's the only way we're going to be able to win. Yeah, and I think following on from Kat said, you know, what Chip Kelly now needs to do is, is play a system for the 49ers rather than his system and force the 49ers to fit into it. Um, exactly. Because clearly, you know, if you keep doing what you're doing, you're going to keep getting what you're going to get. And the harder you, the more you keep doing it, the more you're going to keep getting what you're getting. And I, and I truly believe, and I've said it so many times on this show, we simply do not have the personnel to run his offense. We just don't have it. And... And that's not a damn damnation on the team. That's a damnation on Kelly because if we do not have the, the 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 talent level or the type of players that he needs to work his system, then Kelly is a head coach in the National Football League. He should be able to make the adjustments and change his offense so that it makes the best of what he's actually got, rather than forcing something to fit into something that's not going to fit into it. Square pegs in a round hole. This is a game that has importance for the Forty ers in the. So far, they've gone on a nine-game losing skid, which we know has equaled the longest losing skid that the 49ers have ever had. Um, and Chip Kelly is the only head coach to have... Uh, the only 49ers head coach to have a nine-game losing skid. This game could stop that. And it, it could mean that they don't set a new record, another record that they don't want. Do you think that that will have sort of a mental effect on the players going into this game as well? Or will they just go in and treat it like every other game and just try and win it for the game that it is? Well, yeah. well from the body language I've seen of the players, I don't think they really know the significance of that, of, of the record they are about to, to set. And I don't think they really care either. You know, mm. I, I honestly do not see some sort of emotional signal from the players or the bench that we're in a lot of trouble. And... You know, if we were to lose this, 
you know, what's going around on the internet is at least you're better than Cleveland. But the thing is, we're not better than Cleveland. <laughs> no. Cleveland, mm. Cleveland destroyed us the last time we played mm. them. And it wasn't that long ago either, you know. So uh, I don't think the players are really cognizant of the team's history. I mean, that's, I don't even think the owners are really that cognizant. That's something that fans hold on to, you know. And, yeah. And it is going to hurt like hell if we go one and ten on mm-hmm. on Sunday. It's going to be really, really painful. And the ones that are going to feel the pain the most are not the coaches. It's not the players. It's going to be us guys, the fans. All right. Shall we uh, take a look at the pick six results from last week? Changing the subject swiftly, he says. Right. <laughs> Over to Kev. So here are the results from week eleven. The pick six. We had. A record-breaking three pick sixes this week. So David Evans, Richard Burley and Thomas Devine all managed to get all six games. In all, it was a fairly high-scoring week. The lowest score of anybody getting this week was two. And four people managed that, including Paul. I even managed to get three. Deepak got four. And Brian got three as well. And Kat, after her six last week, came back down to earth a little bit with only three this week as well. Overall, we have a single leader at the top of the pile now. David Foster's by himself at the top on 41. He has, however, got four people just a point behind him, with Andy Smith, Darrell Niels Hammond, Mark Leon and Mark Court all on 40. But there's a whole host of people within a full pick six of his lead with just six weeks to go. Of the hosts, Brian's got 35, Deepak's got 34, Cat and Paul have 33, and I've got a massive 25. Okay, so that's how the pick six stands right now. Thanks for that, Kev. It's like he was in the room, isn't it? Um, Should we take a look at what we've got coming up this weekend as far as the pick six goes. Let's do it. Yep. Okay. The games that have been selected for the pick six this week in the one o'clock slot, all but but one of the matches in the one o'clock slot, uh, the Bengals at the Ravens, the Cardinals at the Falcons, the Giants at the Browns, the Rams at the Saints, the 49ers at the Dolphins. We've got to pick a winner in this one, guys. (laughs) And the Chiefs at the Broncos, in the 8.30 p.m. Eastern slot. So we've got five of the early games, and then we've got the... uh, That's the Sunday night football game, isn't it? Chiefs at Broncos. So we're going to go through them one by one and see if we can pick winners and losers in this one. Kat, is this the first time you've done this on air? Yeah. Ah, so uh, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to get your picks in now. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Let's go with the Bengals at the Ravens first. Deepak. Um, I think the Bengals are a bit wobbly. Uh, I'm going to go with the with Cincinnati. I think they'll win. Sorry, I'm going to go with, what am I saying? Baltimore. I think the Ravens will win. Are you flip-flopping again? <laughs> no, sorry. My brain's a bit of a mush. You, you misspoke. No, I think Baltimore played Dallas, didn't they, the last week? Yes. Yeah, I think they'll, they'll bounce back. Uh, Kat, who have you got in this one? Uh, I'm going to take the Ravens. I just, okay. yeah, I just, just going to take the Ravens. Okay. Um, I'm going to take the Ravens as well. Like Deepak, I think they're going to come back from the game that they lost against uh, the Dallas Cowboys. 
Dallas are on a bit of a, an unstoppable run themselves at the moment, so that wasn't really a, um, a fair matchup. But I can't see Cincinnati going into Baltimore and getting the win. As far as Kev goes, he said, who cares? Two Balky. teams in one Balky. division. A tie as everyone dies of boredom. <laughs> there you go. It's hysterical. <laughs> Love it. He's, he's got away I, with words, hasn't he? By the way, Dallas, they usually traditionally play on Thanksgiving, don't they? Yes, they're they playing do, the Redskins yeah. tomorrow. It, it'll be them and the Redskins tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. If you're listening to this after the Thanksgiving games, we recorded it on Wednesday, by the way. <laughs> Okay, game two is the Cardinals at the Arizona... No, the Arizona Cardinals at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Let's go with Cat this time first. Well, I need the wins and the pick six, so I'm going to take the Cardinals. (laughs) Okay, going with a a divisional team then. Deepak? Oh, it's another dirty bird battle, isn't it? I'm going to go with (laughs) the the Falcons. I think they're playing at home... Um, yeah, I, I think Atlanta will nudge this one. Okay. Um, for me, Atlanta are leading their division six and four. Arizona's second in ours, four and five. So it, it's a winning record against the losing record. I'm going to go home field advantage and give it to the Atlanta Falcons. And, uh, oh, I, I want to change it. I've just read what Kev's put. <laughs> He's put Falcons to win at home. The over-under on this game is 20 on the number of times Carson Palmer gets hit. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, the third game in our pick six this week is the Giants at the Browns. Deepak. Cleveland are going to win a game this season, but it won't be in New York. Um, I think the Giants will take care of business. And Kat? I don't know. The Giants have been kind of inconsistent this year, although they do have a winning record. Um and Browns are at home, but I'm I'm going to take the Giants. Yeah, I can't see anything but a Giants win in this one. Uh, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland are 0-11 right now. Uh, the Giants are 7-3. and You just can't see anything but a win for the New York Giants in that one. Uh, Kev has put, just to, <laughs> just, just to throw it into the mix, Browns win at home. <laughs> Uh, but that's that's because he can't pick the Giants. It's against his religion, regardless of how poor the Browns are. Gotcha. He's it. He sticks to his guns on this one, does our Kev? <laughs> he does, and uh, power to him. Uh, I'm the same way. I hate predicting the New York Giants. That's why I didn't vote for them to be in the pick six. Ah, <laughs> uh, but you, you were um, you were outnumbered on that one, Deepak. Unfortunately, game four, Rams at the Saints, and we'll go with Cat first on this one. I'm going to go home field advantage and take the Saints. And Deepak? Yeah, I agree with Kat. I think the Saints would be too strong for the Rams. Okay. They've both got the same record, four and six. Um, how did the Saints do? Did the Saints play last weekend? Uh, I, can't remember whether, I can't remember where they did. Um, I know that the Rams lost another low-scoring game in the fourth quarter last week to Miami, but... Oh, I don't know. I'm going to go Rams win on that one, I think. And uh, Kev says, Saints win at home. I can't see the Rams holding them to less than 10 points, and the Rams aren't going to score the five field goals they'll need to win a game. <laughs> <laughs> game five is our game, the game that we don't want to pick. Really? 49ers at Dolphins. Um, I have been going between you to pick first, but 
Um, what I'm going to do with this one, Kat, is I'm going to go with you first to mm-hmm. see if you pick the 49ers. And <laughs> see, if we can, see if we can guilt Deepak into picking the 49ers again this week. <laughs> What if I don't so, pick the 49ers? <laughs> then my entire plan goes to pop and exactly. I hang up my headphones now. <laughs> <laughs> and then you fire me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I really need the wins in the pick six, but I am going to throw a little faith at my Niners and I'm going to pick my boys. I think, you know, we exploit that run and maybe we'll, we can do it. Come on, guys. You can do it. Okay, um, just to add a little bit more pressure, I'm going to pick the 49ers as well, Deepak. <laughs> just because I can't pick anybody else but the 49ers. And uh, Kev has gone with the 49ers as well, but he said it's because he's nuts and he thinks we can eke out a bigger <laughs> lead than the Rams managed last week and then hold on to win by a point. Okay, Deepak, the three of us have all gone for a 49ers win. Who are you picking? You can all relax because... Um... Okay, I'm picking the 49ers. Doesn't necessarily mean I think they will win. I'm picking them because really being 1-10 and is unfathomable, really. Yes. Uh, And that pick, I'm going to put all my faith, all my hope, all my red and gold and old and bleed and die and ride and everything into that one pick (laughs) that we don't actually get to to 1-10 and because it would mark really the worst kind of watershed in our franchise's history and one that you know, we should never ever be even considering uh, in our in our team history that that would ever happen again. But it's danger close, and we absolutely have to win this. So if it means picking them and an investment of faith, we are going to do this. That's Deepak keeping the pick six light and fun. <laughs> Sorry, but I feel. Do you know the whole? This has gone down so much. The this this season and the record. Uh, it really hurts. It hurts like hell mm-hmm. because we, you know, we're all Niner fans. You know, some of us longer than others, but that doesn't mean we're not Niner fans. And it hurts all right. of us. And and I sort of maybe I shouldn't take it so personally, but you know, I love this team like we all do. And one and ten is just un, unfathomable. <laughs> you know, it just yep. it is. is it but is. it's very much knocking on the door as well. So um, you know, let's hope we, we can we, pull um, out of this. We do have one more game to pick because um, we. It would have been nice to end there, but we do have one more game to pick. Unfortunately, uh, Chiefs at the Broncos in the Sunday night football game, and because we've just heard Deepak talking for the last thirty-five minutes about um, <laughs> one and ten, we'll go with Cat first again. Uh, I'm going to take um, the Broncos in Mile High. I know they have the same record, but um, I, I think that home field advantage is going to play big there. And Deepak. If you can't beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at home, you're not going to win away in Denver. So for that reason, I'm going <laughs> with the Broncos. I think I think you've got to put down the the Tampa Bay loss to just everybody being off their game, really, can't you? Haven't you? Because Kansas are doing okay. They're seven and three in their division um, behind the runaway Oakland Raiders. It seems, um, as you say, it, they do have an equal record with Denver. But I'm going to go with uh, Kat's thoughts that home field advantage in mile high, the thinner air, the thinner oxygen, it, it, we know it does have an effect on the ball. Um, so I'm going to go with a Denver Broncos win there as well. And Kev said it could be the best of the lot in a brutal defensive battle. 
but he's got the Chiefs to win by a point. Oh, interesting. Mm. So that is our pick six games for this week. I'll just recap them for you. Bengals at Ravens, Cardinals at Falcons, Giants at Browns, Rams at Saints, 49ers at Dolphins, and the Chiefs at the Broncos. Any final thoughts on uh, on the game this weekend before we wrap the show up? It's nice to be playing at six o'clock in the evening, isn't it, really? That's a good shout, actually. We, we, we suffer quite a lot. In the, I mean, you won't necessarily notice it, Cap, because it's all local time to you anyway. But here in the UK, when the majority of our games are either 9 o'clock at night or 9.25 at night, and they're finishing the wrong side of midnight, it's uh, sometimes it's actually a struggle to watch the games, isn't it, and stay awake. But this is going to be an early game for us, 6 o'clock. Um, so... Uh, it will it it'll be good to watch no matter what it will be good to watch and go to bed at a reasonable hour we're not the featured game on sky are we paul i have no idea i don't believe we are so we're gonna have to perform dark arts and get hold of streams and whatnot to just to be able to watch it so you're very lucky in america cat you get to watch this stuff on demand we don't (laughs) no well (laughs) i pay a pretty penny for it so (laughs) To be fair, I think we would. Would would you cop up for Sunday ticket? Because I know I would, Paul. Absolutely. I love it. I've had it. I've had it since 1999. But Kat, you can you can go to any game in progress at any time, can't you? That's being played at the same time. And can you do like double box as well? Um, I my setup doesn't have that. We actually have uh, one channel that that DirecTV actually designates for eight games that can be shown at once, and then you highlight which game you want to actually hear the audio to. Wow! So we we flip around that way, and then if one game gets more intense than another, we'll go to that channel. Oh my so goodness! Really cool. So yeah, jealous! It's, it's really cool. <laughs> but it you is know what, really Paul? Cool. If the NFL honestly thinks that you know the UK's got a sophisticated audience, blah, 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 then give us something a bit better than Game Pass. You know, give us this service. You know, we, we'll pay for it. Do you know what I'm going to predict? What's that? The the year that the Jaguars moved to London is the year that we get it. <laughs> yeah, I think we should have it now. No, in, 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 in all seriousness, I think that that would happen. Once the UK has its own franchise yeah. in the NFL, I think we would then get the same sort of coverage the, the it certainly validates it, doesn't it? You know, if there is an NFL team in London, yeah. and, and not only that, they'd want to take our money because we want to give them our money. It's as simple as that. <laughs> yeah. Take our money. Take our money. <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. We want Never this. has a market screamed. <laughs> but there's so much content that you you get you guys well, get that we have to res- resort to other means just to enjoy <laughs> right. that we'd be quite happy to pay for we'd yes. be quite happy to pay for but yeah. for stupid rules they they don't let us have it well guys that is it for this episode of the show thanks to audionautics.com for the music thanks to rob newell james little mark line kev nayland andrew mitchell and graham ross for all the work they do on the group and the show you can follow us on twitter and instagram at frequency 49 and on Facebook, search the Frequency 49 Show. It is time to say goodbye, boy and girl. Goodbye. Goodbye. On behalf of Deepak Gohill and Kat Victorino, I've been Paul MacDonald, you've been the audience, and this has been the Frequency 49 Show. Bye for now. Mm-hmm.